Well, dear church family and friends, our sermon text is taken from those profound words and very poetic and prophetic words in verse 3. The Lord hath his way in the whirlwind and in the storm. The Lord hath his way in the whirlwind and in the storm. And one would think, really, that uh, no one has their way in the whirlwind, in a, in a major world like a tornado and a storm. How can anyone have their way in a storm with the, the furious nature of a, of a tornado and a storm, um, with its violence and its power? And yet we are told here, the Lord has his way in the whirlwind and in the storm. And when we think upon a, a whirlwind or a storm, what immediately comes to mind is a very powerful and a very destructive force of nature, really, that can hit a country and a, a state or a, or a county and bring a massive amount of destruction and loss. And in like manner, does the Lord God raise up the prophet Nahum, really who, who signifies comfort or comforter, to declare God's judgment upon Nineveh, that wicked capital city of the Assyrian Empire. God's fierce wrath is declared against that city. They had forgotten about God, and his righteous indignation was set upon those who oppressed his people Israel. And if you can remember in the days of Jonah, uh, where Jonah was very reluctantly called, wasn't he, to preach against that great city, and he was there to preach vehemently the sin of that great city. 100 years earlier, really, before this event. And many people of that city uh, repented, and the city was spared. He vehemently preached against it, as it were, very reluctantly. But sadly, that repentance, dear friends, did not last, did it? They went back to their old ways and grew worse and worse. And throughout uh, the book of Nahum, we see how the people, uh, again, turned to lies, turned to robbery, turned to violence, and they became even worse than beforehand. And what really happened to them is according to the true proverb, the dog has turned to his own vomit again, and the, the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. And dear friends, true Christianity brings about a state of continued faith and repentance. There must be a continued uh, state of faith and repentance. But we see here that that city went back, as it were, to their old ways again. If repentance be not continued, neither is God's favour and grace continued. And so let this be a warning, a solemn warning to each and every one of us 
who are truly Christians, that repentance, daily repentance before the Lord, is a grace and a discipline that we, we must come to keep our hearts and our minds and our souls clean and depending upon the Lord. You see, friends, Nineveh and the Assyrian Empire got big, didn't it? It extended and got really big to the point where they extended and they pushed into Israel. And it really resulted in the total destruction and exile of the northern kingdom of Israel. The Assyrian armies were incredibly violent and destructive, more really than that was seen before them. And one could really say that they came in like a whirlwind and like a storm upon Israel. They, Israel really caught them by surprise. They came in with great violence, like a storm, like a, like a whirlwind. And of course, in the sovereignty of Almighty God, He allowed this to happen because of their sin and their idolatry. Israel, of course, were then humbled, weren't they, and oppressed. But Nineveh forgot about the Lord, and they became haughty against God's people. And hence the words of verse 2, God is jealous, and the Lord revengeth. The Lord revengeth and is furious. The Lord will take vengeance on his adversaries. He reserveth wrath for his enemies. God is always true to his most precious word, isn't he? God did revenge his people. And we know that the Babylonians rose up and overtook Nineveh, don't we? And brought down the Assyrian Empire. We also know that actually wonderful work works of God's providence in terms of flooding actually made it very easy uh, for them to do so. And since then God has risen, since then really God has risen empires and he has made empires to wane and fall according to his wise sovereign decrees. Nineveh really to us serves as an example of God's power and justice upon those who will turn from him to the creature again, not to the creator. God showed much patience and long-suffering towards the many, many inhabitants of that exceedingly great city. Many young people were there. He showed much long-suffering and patience towards it. But they continued, you see, to abuse God's goodness they continued to follow after the gods of this world, the gods of the nations, as it were. And we're told in verse 3, aren't we, that the Lord will not at all acquit the wicked. The Lord will not acquit, at all acquit the wicked. He will not, he cannot allow sin to be gone away with. He cannot uh, allow the guilty to carry on in rebellion of him. He got, he got as a just God, and so he must, he must punish sin. Our text today says, The Lord had his way in the whirlwind and in the storm. The Lord had his way in the whirlwind and in the storm. The power 
which we see demonstrated in the kingdom of nature with its storms and with its tornadoes and blizzards and hurricanes and such the like is here likened to the power which God shows throughout history on all those who remain in rebellion against their maker and against his precious gospel. Indeed, it says in Romans 1.18, doesn't it? For the wrath of God is revealed from where? From heaven. From heaven. Like the hurricanes, like the whirlwinds, like the storms. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Who hold it. Who deep down know that there's a God. But they rebel from that God. And so when the storms of life come tumbling in, as it were, they really prove what we're truly trusting in. And the storms of life will come to us all, won't they? In various degrees and in various seasons, they're going to come to us all. And they will really prove to us what we're trusting in. What is our hope? As it were, what are we putting our trust in? Are we putting our trust in creature comforts? In the confidence of the things of this world, as it were, like the, the Ninevites were doing? Or is our confidence in our Maker, in the Lord, and in His precious Gospel? Of course, the Lord will be sure to try men's hearts in this respect, won't He? And like that wicked city of Nineveh, the heart of sinful man has many wicked devices in it, and many wicked inventions at blockading and barricading and bulwarking itself against God and against the gospel, as it were, of Christ. And what are some? What are some of these barriers, as it were, these false securities by which men hold the truth in unrighteousness? Well, surely one of them must be ambition. Worldly ambition and worldly success. You see, friends, there's nothing wrong, of course, with being successful and diligent and hardworking. In fact, it's good for us to be hardworking and diligent. However, success, worldly ambition and success, as it were, to make this world and, and the glitter and the, and the glam, as it were, to set our hearts upon the things of this world, the business of this world, the academics of this world, and the many other spheres, to set our ambition and success upon these things, dear friends, has a very, very deceitful way of elevating men's hearts to that which it is not. And how often have I heard it? In the business world, that person is that person because of their career because of that achievement, because of that talent. That's who that person is. That's how we view that person. Because of their job they have, or because of the academics they've achieved, or because of the success in a particular area, their talents or gifts. And people uphold that person. But that's not the way God sees man. God sees man's heart, doesn't he? That's who, who, who you are, is what's in your heart. If you're strong towards the law, not the outward. And we know really from Jonah's account of Nineveh, 
that that city grew exceedingly large. It was huge. In fact, it was three days' journey in breadth, as it were, we know from the, the, the account in Jonah. Three days' journey was massive. It was the capital city of the Assyrian Empire. It was one of the leading, if not the leading city at the time, with well over 120,000 souls in that city. Men's hearts, dear friends, like Nineveh and its founders, are, conti are continually growing and extending their rebellion against God. Keep on taking, as it were, coveting the things of this world. And if, if that needs to be uh, done through fraud, through lies, that's, that's what it is. Men's hearts, like Nineveh and its founder, are continually growing in the rebellion against God and his gospel. And there are many districts, aren't there? And many chambers, and many courtyards, and many fortifications, and chambers, and, and rooms, like there was in Nineveh, in a man's sinful heart, and that seek to entertain themselves, that seek to fortify and bulwark, as it were, themselves, against the Lord, and against his precious gospel. And like any thriving cosmopolitan city, uh, uh, city of our day, Nineveh adorned itself with golden statues and palaces and ungodly educational and training centres and false worship places where they worshipped uh, the god of fertility, Astrata, and many other false deities. Trading venues, it was a very prosperous city, and so commerce with the great gates that surrounded the city and with the river went through the city. It was a great, thriving, cosmopolitan city, wasn't it? Much entertainment there. Uh, it was very fortified with its chariots and its military, as it were. It was confident and bold, wasn't it? And these things became the confidence of the people of the city of Nineveh. They became the confidence of the people. They thought in their hearts that they could never ever be moved. Neither could they be removed from this great city. From all these glorious things in the world. They, they heaped up in their hearts. And is this not true of the, the mindset of the West? The ungodly mindset. And we see it. Yesterday we saw it in the open air. How many people are putting their trust and their confidence in false securities? You see, friends, the Lord has many arrows, doesn't he, in his quiver of providence. Many arrows to disappoint man's trust and confidence in the creature, in the creator, over their creator. Man's ways are not God's ways, are they? And... Uh, Every, every way of a man, it says in Proverbs 21 too, every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord pondereth the hearts. Proverbs 10, 15 says, the rich man's wealth is his strong city. It's a strong city. Our God, we read earlier, is a jealous God. He made us for himself. He knows our frame. He knows our hearts. He knows. Uh, he knows what's best for us. He knows if we will 
not hearken to his precious gospel, he must needs bring us low with the storms of his providence. For it is better for thee to enter into life, halt, uh, uh, halt or maimed, rather than having two hands and two feet and to be cast into everlasting fire. The problem is, by nature, dear friends, we are all, by nature, a stiff-necked people. Our hearts, like that of the, uh, the wicked city of Nineveh, want more and more of the things of this world. And like Nineveh, we fortify ourselves in our sins, thinking that God doesn't see our sins, thinking that the false securities of this life the things of this world will secure us. And how we saw that in Ukraine recently, didn't we? And they showed pictures of these cities in Ukraine, didn't they, beforehand, of, uh, of some of these cities, and how the, the fountains and the statues and, and people and families having fun in their cafes, and it would look like any Western democracy. And it was lovely. But then a month later, we see some of those same cities literally leveled, didn't we? And it's sad. It's tragic to see. But how things can very quickly change. And we in the West really think that we're so secure, don't we? We think that this will never happen to us. They, the Ukrainians never thought this will, even, even when Russia was invading them, oh, they won't, do, they won't invade the city. They never thought these things will happen to them. You see, God's Spirit will not always strive with man. As in nature, God has many types of storms to penetrate through those high walls of pride and sin in our lives. In our prosperity, we think. We think that we're safe, like the Ninevites did, even from the common storms of life. We eat and we drink and we be merry and we watch telly, and like the Ninevites do, we forget about our God. We bite the hand that feeds us. As it were, we abuse. We live off him and we abuse him. We forget of his gospel. And little did we realize that God is sending a Category 5 tornado and storm that's heading straight towards these temporary things which we've elevated above our God like Nineveh. He's sending a Category 5 storm. It's going to hit. It's going to take out all those temporary things that we've made our trust and our confidence. And suddenly, dear friends, we try to batten down the hatches, as it were. We try to, we see, as very quickly, the storm coming. We try to batten down the hatches. But alas, it's too late, isn't it? God's providential tornado, as it were, has hit. And really, it's left us reeling, hasn't it? We're at our wit's end. We're like a drunk, stumbling to and fro. We're at our wit's end. How unprepared we were, you see, for this perfect storm that's hit. In such storms of life, they can come in many forms, can't they? In such storms of life, they can, they can come in ill health. They can come in broken hearts and relationships. They can come in some form of addiction. They can come with a loss of reputation and friends, of loved ones. They can come with financial difficulties 
and hardships and in war. They can come, they can take many forms. And our life, forms which we think we are secure from. And deep down we think within ourselves, well, these things will never happen to me. These things will never happen to me. Perhaps they'll happen to the, the plebs down the road. Perhaps they'll happen to those people. But I've got tact, you see. I've, I've, got, I've got intelligence, you see. I've got security. I'm not like those foot soldiers on the walls and then, no, no, I'm back up here. I'm, as it were, in, in, in the fortified part of Nether. I'm not going to be like the plebs that, that, that get taken down. It's never going to happen to me. It's never going to happen to me. I've got, I've got savvy, I've got tact. Uh, I, 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 I can avoid these things in life, these storms in life. I've made securities, I've got wealth. And I've got these things that, that can secure me from these storms in life, you see. I've, I've got all these barriers, I've fortified myself in life. Ah, dear friends, this thy way is thy folly, isn't it? The Lord hath his way in the whirlwind and in the storm. The Lord hath his way in the whirlwind and in the storm. You're not, you and I are not going to get it our way, are we, dear friends? In life, that's for sure. You know, the, the old Hollywood ideal, go for your dreams, get what you want, give yourself the Hollywood ideals, express yourself, do what you want in life. And we're teaching our young people this. Research, go for the stars, as it were, this kind of fanciful Hollywood ideal. Dear friends, well, the Lord had his way in the whirlwind and in the storms. Do what you may, like even Jonah temporarily did, try to run away from responsibility towards your maker. It's only a matter of time before the storms of life and the perfect storm comes as it were. Friends, I, I really do not speak with a high hand in judgment here. Because this was me for many, many years before I was a Christian. And so I do not speak in, in, in a position of ignorance here. I speak in a, in, a, in a position of experience. Many, many years I, I spent in vanity and in pride. The Lord was saving people around me, saving my brother Jason, saving my sister Teresa. And still I carried on. I saw what God was doing. As when I said I was a Christian. But I still lived in sin. I, I bulwarked myself. I buried myself. I fortified myself in my sin. I thought none of these calamities which they say are going to come upon me. I'm too clever, you see. I've got wealth. I've got these things. I, I'm protected against all these things in life. I'm not like the plebs, as it were, on the, on the gates. I've got savvy. I've got tact. I'm not going to end up like those people who fall into those particular pitfalls of life. No, no, no. Now I'm different. Oh, how vain and foolish I was, dear friends. But this is our nature, isn't it? This is how we are by nature. We never think the storm's going to come for us, do we? And when you hear when these tornadoes, Hurricane Katrina, and we hear these great tornadoes hit, the people always say, I never, I never thought this was going to happen to me. I never thought this was going to happen to me. But it's going to happen to all of us, dear friends. 
Ah, the Lord hath his way in the whirlwind and in the storm, dear friends. Like I said, this was me for many, many years. But the sad reality is, dear friends, that many people, many people not only despise God's messengers nowadays, those true gospel preachers, but they despise also God's providential dealings with them when the storms of life hit. Even when the perfect storms hit them, as it were, and take away much in their life. Like Job's reaction, we saw what Job was trusting in, didn't we? Which we, we saw what, what, what truly meant, what truly God meant to Job. But we see with Job's wife momentarily told Job to curse God, as it were. And many people are doing exactly the same, continually. They go back to the broken systems of this world. When the storms hit, and when it lays them low, and they, they lose their health, or they lose a, a loved one, or their business goes under, or something happens. And this is God's warning bell to them, as it were. You must get right with me. You see, we are a stiff-necked people. We, sometimes we don't want to listen to the Word of God. We don't want to listen to God's preachers. And so what, what does the Lord have to do? He must, as it were, bring us down. Providentially, show us our weakness. Show us that we're not going to live forever. Show us, dear friends, our sin. But you see, the, the sad thing is, is many people go to the broken cisterns again of this world that failed them. I did. And God had to bring me low. Back to the false gods, as it were, of this world. Back to those Hollywood ideals. What if I just, if I could just get back up on my feet again? And, and, and get a house again? And, 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 and get a, a relationship again? And, and get this and that in my life? These creature comforts, these Hollywood ideals? Whether well, I, can, I can get back up again, I, I can do these things again. And yet, we do that, don't we? And it leaves us more empty, as it were. It leaves us more void and impoverished of the truth. Our hearts void, as it were. The broken systems of this world can never satisfy the longing soul, can they? And then another storm comes. Another perfect storm comes. It's a once-in-a-lifetime storm, isn't it? One of those blizzards, as it were, that hits Iran. That once-in-a-lifetime blizzard, as it were. And no high walls, no fortified hearts can stand before it's cold this time. It penetrates everything. It gets in everything. It ruins the food. It, it, it is completely destructive. And you see, friends, death is coming to us all. It's coming to us all. And we just like to put it off, don't we? We just put it off. And even in the high street, we, we, we say these things, but we just put it off. We delay, we say, well, if I could just keep my senses entertained and not think about these, just think about the temporary, as it were. But it's coming. The perfect storm is coming. You can't escape that storm. As it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. Are you ready, dear friends? Am I ready to stand before my maker? Are you ready to stand before the judge of all? God's justice 
must be satisfied. It must be satisfied. This account here in name 1 speaks of God's power and justice. He, he is a just God. He cannot allow sin to enter into heaven. It must be dealt with. Dear friends, God's justice must be satisfied. Whose righteousness will you be found in in the end? Whose righteousness? Your own? In the confidence of this world and your own abilities? Or will you be found in the righteousness that comes from God alone? That was displayed in the cross of Calvary. In Christ. That imputed righteousness. Well, verse 7 says, The Lord is good. A stronghold in the day of trouble. And knoweth them that trust in him. The Lord is good. A stronghold in the day of trouble. And he knoweth them that trust in him. The Lord is good. He wants to do us good. He wants to save us from our sins. That's why he came to the cross of Calvary. He came out of love and mercy. We can never repay him for what he's done. That great act of love. Living that perfect life. Uh, living a life of obedience, being hated from the minute he came into this world, and yet he purposed from the foundations of the world to lay down his holy life out of love for sinners like you and me. Rebel sinners, those who go in the world's way, those who are like the, the city of Nineveh, as it might try to fortify ourselves in sin. And you see, God has to bring us low, He has to bring the storms of life, friends. But God is good. He's so long-suffering. He's so patient. Not willing that any should perish, but all should come to the knowledge of Him. All should be saved. The Lord God is good. A stronghold in the day of trouble. And He knoweth them that trust in Him. He's a stronghold, dear friends. He, he's the only one that can save us through what He has done at the cross of Calvary and laying down His holy life for sinners such as us. In taking upon divine wrath, which we deserve upon him at the cross of Calvary. The father had to turn his head from the son. And divine wrath was poured out upon his own son. And we, as it were, have escaped that, that wrath through trust in him. That trust in salvation. Justice was satisfied on the cross. The work of salvation has been finished. The Lamb of God, by faith we put, put our hands upon Him. Our sins are imputed to Him. And He has borne all our iniquities, all our sins, dear friends. But praise be to the Lord that He is that stronghold for the soul. He is that anchor, as it were, when the storms of life hit. You and I, if we're trusting in the Lord, we don't have to fear death anymore. I don't fear death. I don't like getting sick. I don't like some of the storms of life hit. Recently, we had a storm, one of the biggest storms that hit the southwest. And we had those near our house, we've got these trees overhanging our house that have got really tall. And I was thinking to myself, oh boy, these trees look like, if they say the storm's what it is, it's going to fall on my house. And I prayed to the Lord, Lord, please, make the gusts, make the gusts uh, be directed in a different way. And I thank the Lord that those trees did not fall upon my house. There were far smaller trees that were falling all around us, but not upon my house. You see, that's the same in terms of our salvation. We're protected if we're in Christ. If we're trusting in His salvation. He is the resurrection and the life, isn't He? 
He has made a way for us to be just. When God looks upon a true repentant sinner, like he did with the thief upon a cross, he doesn't see their failures anymore, he doesn't see their sins. He sees the imputed righteousness of his son. Whereas the apple of his eye, he sees the righteousness, he sees the obedience, and he sees us. We're protected, as it were, dear friends. That's true protection, isn't it? Not walls, not false securities of this, this life. It's really when we come as a sinner to Jesus, and we say, God, be merciful unto me, a sinner. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knoweth them that trust in him. Are you trusting in Christ, dear friends, and his righteousness? Are you trusting in his precious, efficacious blood that cleanses our sinful blood, that washes us as white as snow from every single sin? Are you trusting in what he did at the cross of Calvary? Do you believe in the report, as it were, that he bore our sins away and he rose in victory over sin and death and has made a way for us to be perfect and holy in him? Are you trusting in his obedience and his resurrection? Well, if you are, happy. Happy are you. You have true happiness in the depths of your soul. True happiness, which the world and no storm can take away. You're ready, really, aren't you, when the storms of life come, the perfect storms of life come, like they will for everyone. You're ready, aren't you? Your anchor will hold in the storms of life, because your anchor is in Christ. Amen.